So thank you, Lori, for coming today. Thank you for having me here. So we want to start off as, um, what work do you do currently? I work at the Raytheon Company, and it's a large company. There's probably about 65,000 employees across the United States and internationally. Um, the location that I work with, work at, is in Fullerton, and it's actually right down Chapman, just a couple miles. Mm -hmm. So you've been working there for quite a while. I have. I started there as a summer hire when I was a student here at Cal State Fullerton. Mm -hmm. Because you started working in 1978 before you graduated. Right, right. So it was supposed to be a three-month position, and it's been over 40 years that I've been at Raytheon. So it was um, a good, good thing to have that three-month summer hire job because it got my foot in the door. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about uh, why you chose Raytheon to begin with when you were going here. Um, it was initially called Hughes Aircraft, and then it mm -hmm. became part of Raytheon. But several of my fellow students were working there in internships, and so I sent in my resume and got called in for an interview. Okay, that's great. So let's go to your experiences at Cal State Fullerton. Mm -hmm. So when you came in in 1977, what was it like over here? It was a different world. Um, Orange County still had orange trees. It yeah. was. Um, I was living in the city of Downey, and at that time, Long Beach State was closer to my home, but they didn't have a computer science department yet. And Cal State Fullerton had just started their computer science department, and so I signed up here, and that worked out great. Um, the environment, as far as the technology, was very different. Um, there was no cell phones. Um, there was only one computer engineering building, and now there's two, so yeah. there was only one at that time. Um, there wasn't internet, there wasn't Wi-Fi, there was something that we had called DARPANET, and if you were lucky you could find a DARPANET connection somewhere in a basement somewhere. And as far as software development, we used computer punch cards and we had to walk into a building and submit them at night, and if we were lucky, the next morning we had our computer printout. Mm -hmm. So going back to that time, mm -hmm. how did you know that computer science would be, did you know it was going to be such a breakthrough? Because right now, everyone's focusing on AI and neural networks and computer science, we're saying it's the future. And you were one of the initial people to go into that. So was it just like an investment that you didn't know where it was going to turn out? Or did you just have an idea that this is going to be something big one day? I was majoring in accounting, and at the time, we were doing accounting manually. And so the spreadsheet that I used in accounting was a piece of paper and a pencil. And I had an adding machine with paper tape that was coming down the end of my desk. And it was very labor intensive and it was also very error prone. And like I remember I had a hard time getting my spreadsheets to balance because you had to do it all manually. Mm -hmm. And as part of my accounting major, I needed to take one class in Fortran, which is a computer language. And as I was taking the class, I could see the possibilities. I mean. Fortran, this computer, it was faster than I could do it, it had less errors than I could do it, and I could see that it was the way of the future. And um, after that, I switched from accounting into computer science, and I was at Cerritos College at the time. Um, I was working full-time, my husband was going to school, and I was working full-time and taking classes at night. Um, so I started taking all the calculus classes. I took my first computer science 101 class, mm -hmm. and that class I was the only female in the class. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, I could see the possibilities. I, I could not imagine everything that has happened yeah. today, but I could tell that this was the beginning of, of a new change in technology. Mm -hmm. So going back into you being the only woman in your first mm -hmm. undergraduate class, 
How has that changed, especially at Raytheon? When you started there 40 plus years ago, mm-hmm. Computer software has more women than some of the other majors. I think mechanical engineering and electrical engineering have less women. Computer science does have more, but even more is maybe 15 to 20 percent. And I don't think the numbers have changed as much as I thought. I think that there are still not that many women in the major, and it's too bad because it's it's a really good profession. There's the women in um, computing here at the mm-hmm. university, and we do send from Raytheon speakers to come talk to the young yeah. women and encourage them to stick with the major because it really is a good field. And I, like I said, we would like more women to be in the field. Mm-hmm. And then at Raytheon, have you seen women being promoted at a faster rate maybe than from before when you first started working there? Yes, um, I, I think that the industry is more inclusive. Raytheon takes great pride in mm-hmm. an inclusive um, atmosphere and quite a few of our managers are female. Okay, I see. And then Including me. Yeah, so you're a manager there now. <laughs> yes. So tell me about your experience at getting your master's degree because you went back to get it many years after you got your bachelor's. Yeah. So. It was kind of accidental and sometimes okay. good things in life happen accidentally. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends, he had worked at Raytheon and he retired and he was working at Cal State Fullerton. And he called me one morning and he said, um, hey, the head of your software organization is supposed to come to a lunch event today. We're gonna talk about a new master's program. And I said, well, he's out of town. <laughs> and my friend goes, Laurie, what are you doing today during lunch? <laughs> and so I drove down here and the professors and the um, you know the head of the department was talking about this new virtual master's degree, mm-hmm. and as they were describing the curriculum, I thought this sounds really interesting. And I remember I went home that evening and I said to my husband, "I think I'm going to get a master's degree." <laughs> he said, "Go for it," and I um, signed up and um, and actually I was again nervous about it. I mm-hmm. hadn't been in school for many years. I didn't really tell anybody that I was signing up because I wasn't sure how I was going to do. So it was kind of just, I was very low-key about it. And um, anyway, it turned out great. I graduated top in the class. <laughs> so I, I shouldn't have been nervous, but I was because it, it was a big change to come back to, to school after being gone for so long. Yeah. And some of my um, fellow employees were more recent graduates, and they were great about helping me through how to register and and Mm -hmm. how to get the books and all of those things because then the 30 30 or so years in between it must have been a big change between how the campus was working at that time yeah the way we used to sign up is you physically walked up to different tables and you got a computer punch card that gave you the rights (laughs) to be in a class so yeah it had changed a lot Mm -hmm. and then at that time it was an online class you weren't coming in for the classes right it was very efficient. Um, I didn't have to find a parking spot. That was nice. The time that I'm spending on the, the, the program was really focusing on the studying and learning, and I like that. Um, I had a family, I had a career, and so I needed to fit this program into that, and it was very flexible. I would literally each week kind of look at my schedule, look at my kids' soccer schedule, look at my work schedule, and figure out where I was going to put this class classes mm-hmm. into the program. Yeah. And I also like the flexibility because when I was on business travel, I could continue with my studying. And I even sent homework in from a cruise in Alaska. <laughs> and I liked it. It made it possible for me to get the master's. I wouldn't have been able to get it otherwise. Mm-hmm. So you talked about the advantages of it. Are there any disadvantages that you see in taking online class or taking a master's online or even some undergraduate courses online? 
I did miss the interaction with the fellow students. Mm -hmm. I, I like the face-to-face -face communication. Um, we communicated in small groups on our projects. We communicated on an online Blackboard type system. But, but yeah, I, I like people and it would have been nice to see my fellow students. We did get together maybe three times a year and that was fun to see the face behind the name. Mm -hmm. And then there's a bit of work ethic that you need to put in yourself because there's not someone teaching you, right? Well, there is because we view the classes that oh, okay. are taught live, and so we can listen to them or view them on a video, and you've got to read the book. But yeah, you got to be organized, and yeah. you have to be motivated. Mm -hmm. um, I see. Yeah. And then another thing you mentioned was the work, or taking 17 units without having to work. Yeah. We have a new program here. It's called the Finish in 15 motto, where the school is recommending students to take 15 units so they're able to finish in four years with that. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, there's pros and cons. I think some people are still growing up as they're going to school, mm -hmm. and sometimes the advantage of taking longer is that it gives you time to find yourself. I don't regret that it took me six, but it's also expensive yeah. to go to school, and once you graduate, you're financially better off, and there's pros and cons. We've hired some people who have done the I think it's a four or five year master's program. Mm -hmm. They're getting a bachelor's and a master's yeah. in computer engineering, and that's a really efficient way to get that degree. Um, mm -hmm. I guess there's no right answer. Yeah. It depends on your circumstances. It just works with if you would rather branch out, but some people, like you said, if they know that they want to get a bachelor's and master's in computer engineering, then yeah, finish it in five, four, four or five years and you can just get both done really quickly. Well, and today's students also have a head start because many of them take college level classes when they're in high school. Mm -hmm. And when I was going, we didn't have that. And yeah. So you didn't have that head start with the units for college before you even entered college. Mm -hmm. Like even, I think right now in high school they have the program where you could just go to a JC part-time over summer yeah. and get those units. So when you get to college, you already have maybe a semester's or two worth of college level credits. And I know sometimes it can be hard to get the classes you want. Um, my older daughter graduated in four years, and she said that she sat on the floor in many classes the first week or two <laughs> until she was able to get into the class. And, and I imagine that it's impacted here sometimes, too. Yeah, especially in computer science, when you get up into the ladder where you're in your 300 and 400 level yeah. classes, it could, be, it could be a little difficult to get into them. Well, be aggressive. Get in. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing I wanted to ask was, a pivotal experience at Cal State Fullerton. What is maybe one or two things that kind of shaped who you are today? I, well, I think the, the curriculum, the classes were good. Mm -hmm. I think the connections, getting me connected with the company that I'm at was great. And, and right now, the continual uh, tie-in with Cal State Fullerton, I, I really enjoy that. It gives me an opportunity to pay it forward. It was, it was great that I had a degree. It really positioned me for a lot of opportunities, and now I want to circle back and, and help the new generation. Yeah. And then now you're saying you, you're trying to pay it back, and what is the importance of paying it back and alumni giving back to students? Well, it's multiple ways to do it. Um, one way we do it is I'm on the advisory board, and so we help guide the curriculum. And I can see in my company, a few years ago, we could see cyber was becoming big. We can see that the navigation systems are becoming big. And so we provide that back to the university, and we say, here's what industry needs are. Fold that into your curriculum because we need it. So that kind of pays back. It's, it's a plus for the students, and it's a plus for industry. I like to also pay it back. Um, I do professor for the day. Um, I speak with the women in engineering. I um, fill out all the paperwork at my 
company so that we can do the job fair um, because you know I want to consider Cal State Fullerton as um, candidates for the positions that we're looking for. Um, so mul multiple ways, and of course financially, um, I encourage my company to donate to Cal State Fullerton, and personally, I do too. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of ways that people can give back to their mm -hmm. alma mater by not just time and money, but there's small little things every now and then, maybe just coming back and speaking with students and just trying to connect with them and give them opportunities to excel in life after graduation. So another thing we want to talk about was um, some key challenges that you would have to overcome, whether it was at Cal State Fullerton or at Raytheon, with being a woman in computer science. Were there any things that you felt that you needed to overcome? Well, I know some people talk about the prejudice and the biases that they, mm -hmm. that they encounter in the workplace, but happily, I really didn't encounter that oh, many. Okay. Um, I think that in engineering, people admire your brain. They, they want the knowledge that you have. Yeah. And what the packaging is that the brain is in isn't really as important as what you're contributing. And so I think once I got to work with people, we forget all the external part and we're just worried about what you can bring to the table to help with the development. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's good. Another thing we wanted to touch on was your goals and aspirations when you were at Cal State Fullerton and then how that changes now. Working at one company, where, where do you think your next steps are compared to where they were when you were oh, at Cal State oh. Fullerton? <laughs> um, so when I went to Cal State Fullerton, my goals were to graduate, yeah. yes, to get, a, um, to get started in a good career. And um, some of the basic things, I wanted to get a house. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to have a decent income. <laughs> and so once, once you get the degree, if you start getting the income, then you have choices. And, yeah. and I really like the fact that my profession allows me to have choices in my life. And, and so we did, you know, we bought the house, we had our first child, and then 10 years later we had our second child. And um, for a while I worked part-time, and, and I was able to do that. I appreciate my company had the versatility that I could do that, and it kept me active in my career, but it still allowed me to have kind of a work-life balance. And then as my kids became older, then I re-engaged full-time into the work. Um, and then kind of we moved toward our kids, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so my focus was getting my kids situated, and yeah. so getting the first one through college, and she majored in communications. The second one through college, she is a marine biologist. And so looking out for them, right? Mm -hmm. And now that my children are settled, now I'm looking out for me. <laughs> you know, what, what am I going to do as far as my retirement? Um, what's interesting for me and my husband? You know, we're talking about opportunities as far as, certainly we want more time with my parents and with my grandkids, but we also want to do traveling and um, take more time for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of just finding that in the beginning, you just kind of have to work hard and try and find yourself settled. And then after that, it's kind of getting your kids settled. And then after that, then you kind of get that freedom at the end. Well, your goals change and that's normal. And, yeah. and um, you know, you have to get a good balance. You have to strike a balance between work and, and family life. And sometimes I said to myself that my, my life must be balanced because I feel like I don't have enough time for my family and I don't have enough time for my work. So therefore I'm balanced, right? <laughs> because there's, I want to do so much, you yeah. know, I want to do so much for my family. I want to do so much for my work and I can't do it all, but I have become very good at prioritizing. And I really do like to look at the vision, the big picture and figure out what it is that of all the different things I could do, what is it that is the most important to do so that I head toward my vision. Mm -hmm.
So with that, it's what are some things at Cal State Fullerton that you can tell me helped you get into this and helped you find your balance with it? Or did this just kind of come over time? I think both. Um, I think some of the mentorship I had at Raytheon where they talk about establishing your goals, establishing the steps toward your goals, mm -hmm. and then focusing that direction has been good. And certainly Cal State Fullerton gave me some of the foundational pieces, but mm -hmm. also through my career I've watched others and um, you know, emulated in some of the things that I like as far as their best traits. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of also saying that you need to also find a company that you work for them, you're improving them and getting them income, but then they also need to work for you and then they need to help you grow as a person. Oh, definitely. It's a partnership with the company. And so the company invests in the employees yeah. and the employees in return help the company grow. And then you can kind of bring that back to school where if the school gives you that flexibility, gives you that freedom and gives you the opportunities to excel, then you'll be able to excel yourself and then in turn give back to the school by doing well, maybe fundraising for them, or even after you graduate, give back with your time and money in the end. I agree. I think life is kind of a circle mm -hmm. where you're continually evolving and learning. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, is there anything that you would have done differently if you were to go back at Cal State Fullerton or if you could maybe go back 40 years and say, Lori, just tweak this a bit maybe. <laughs> like, is there anything that you would have changed? Sure. Um, I was fortunate recently to be um, recognized by Cal State Fullerton as a vision and visionary. Mm -hmm. And it was a wonderful honor. And I think back to myself at Cal State Fullerton working on my bachelor's, I would have never imagined that. Yeah. I was the quiet kid who sat in the back of the class. I never raised my hand. I think I really made it through two years without raising my hand, <laughs> which is sad, right? I mean, yeah. I should have. And um, I think back it, I, it was good. I got a lot out of it, but I could have gotten more out of it. Um, I think I should have, um, like I said, raised my hand, um, maybe signed up for more projects, maybe look for mentoring, um, been less shy. Yeah. But at that point in my life, I was quieter, shyer, but it was time to come out, you know, yeah. and then come out of that um, quiet, quiet self and, and you know, engage more. Mm -hmm. And then were there any clubs that you did on campus or? Um, so no, no. no I had I had friends that we studied with so I had study groups which mm -hmm. was great but um, no I, I wasn't as active as I should have been. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one thing I wanted to ask was uh, the type of student you were at Cal State Fullerton so did you live on campus at that time or were you nearby? So there were no dorms on campus. Okay. <laughs> it was a commuting school, and, mm -hmm. and perhaps that's part of yeah. also not getting as engaged as much. I lived in Downey, and so okay. it, was, it was somewhat of a drive. What is that, maybe 20 miles or something? Mm -hmm. There wasn't as much traffic then, yeah. but um, there were still no parking spots on <laughs> campus. <laughs> there was, there's yeah. never been parking spots, enough that's spots right. on campus, right? It was the same then. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then you also feel that maybe if you lived a little closer, then your experiences might have been a little bit more interactive. At Cal State Fullerton? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Okay. But um, I, I, I think it's great now that there's people who are living on campus. And um, one evening after job fair, I was cutting across the campus and there was so much going on. I mean, there was music and lights and people talking. And, and I could see that the campus was much more vibrant than it yeah. was when it was a commuter campus. Mm -hmm. And then I think you were mentioning before some ways or some ways grads can, you know, help out the campus. Well. I'm a numbers person, mm -hmm. and what 
I was thinking is that there's about 300,000 graduates from Cal State Fullerton. And think about it, if every graduate who's out there in the industry in June celebrates the graduation and thinks about how it contributed to their personal success and donates $100 to Cal State Fullerton. If you have 300,000 graduates donating 100,000, what is that, $30 million mm -hmm. a year. Think what impact that would have. Think what impact that would have on computer science, yeah. what impact it would have on the full campus. And um, I challenge people, come on, you know, pay it forward. Yeah. And, and I think people don't realize that, that public colleges public universities also need funding from the community. Mm -hmm. The money that they get from the state is a great foundation, but in order to add in the extra features that we need to make the campus even a better foundation for the students, they need an other sources of funding. Mm -hmm. And it helps keep the campus affordable because mm -hmm. if they do need to make renovations, instead of charging the students who are just working part-time jobs. You do, because you want, you want the schools to be affordable so mm -hmm. that people can go. Yeah, and then like building the parking structures and everything is taking a toll on the current students who were going to school and then also trying to work and trying to pay for rent, car payments and everything. And if people do have more solid jobs and they can afford it. And then like you said, 30 million a year is a significant yeah. chunk. So $100 once a year. Yeah. It's only 30 cents a day, guys. It's <laughs> <laughs> per day, 30 cents per day. Really? Just don't get that like double shot in your Starbucks and then you save 30 what cents a day. What an easy model. And those who, who feel like it can do more. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you read about Leo Begovich who's just donated his car collection to engineering computer science? Oh no, I didn't. Uh, tell me more Multi about that. Multi-million dollars. And so he's going to bequeath that as part of okay. his estate. And it's, um, it's a wonderful opportunity. And I, I like the whole model too. I'm sure during, as, as he was in his career and being successful, his passion was cars. So every year probably he bought some very cool car. Yeah. <laughs> and through the years they've appreciated. And now in celebrating his success, he's paying it forward mm -hmm. so that other people can now start like he did and be able to grow their career. And then let's say you don't have the ability to give your money for that. There's time, everyone has 24 hours yes. in a day. There are times where you can give back on campus, speak on campus, and maybe just assist out. And you were doing the professor for a day. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more about what that entails? Well, um, ever since I got the master's degree, I must mm -hmm. be on the, um, you know, the call list for volunteering <laughs> for various things. And, and sometimes when I volunteer, I go, oh yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And then I'm very busy at work mm -hmm. and, and I'm going, oh my gosh, why did I volunteer for yeah. this? I don't have time and I'm driving to the campus and I'm thinking about you know, what I need to be doing at Raytheon. Yeah. And then I get to the school and I see the students and I interact with them and it's very fulfilling. Yeah. And when I leave the campus, I say to myself, that's why I volunteered yeah. because it, it just makes me feel good. It reconnects me and I'm always glad I did after I did it, sometimes it's hard to find the time initially, mm -hmm. but after I did it, it's a feel good and it encourages me to sign up again. That reminds me of the thing where a lot of people say the hardest part about doing something is getting to do it. And then once you do it, it's not really that difficult, whether it's writing a paper, finishing a program, maybe even going to the gym. Getting there is the hardest part. Sitting in front of the computer and typing the first word is the mm -hmm. hardest part. Mm -hmm. But once it's done, it's, it didn't take that long. It wasn't that difficult. And you actually did have that time to do it. And now you just feel a lot more better. A lot better for it. I do, and I also um, encourage my coworkers. Mm -hmm. um, we, because 
Raytheon is located in Fullerton. Quite a few of our employees are Cal State Fullerton alum, mm -hmm. and others are just interested in helping students. And I'm continually tapping my coworkers, saying, hey, you have an interesting topic. Why don't you work at, do the professor for the day? Or recently, one of my friends, she has installed radars all over the world. She's been to Oman, she's mm -hmm. been to Finland, she's been everywhere. And I tapped her on the shoulder and said, where did you go to school? And she said, Cal State Fullerton. And <laughs> next thing she knew, she was speaking to the women in computer science and engineering. And I'm trying to get more people engaged than just me because I want it to be kind of exponential. Yeah. I want to have an impact, not just personally, but to help, you know, help it such that when I retire from Raytheon, people yeah. will continue to inter interact with Cal State Fullerton. It's like planting a seed that grows and then drops more saplings later on and yes. then yes. continues like that. Yes, so I'm, I'm continually looking for people and mm -hmm. seeking kind of a match. Um, yeah. You know, I have different people have different passions and I try to kind of match that passions to things that will fit with Cal State Fullerton. So one last thing I would like to touch on is the idea behind It Takes a Titan 2. It's a new slogan that we're trying to run, it's called It Takes a Titan 2 and then you have to fill in the blank at the end. So do you have any ideas where you would add that in? It takes a titan to change the world. That is great. That's a good way to end it. <laughs> Time for Network is a program that we have where students and alumni can connect with one another and it's basically of our own LinkedIn for Cal State Fullerton that's exclusive for CSUF alumni, students, faculty, and parents where we're all able to interact and get advice and help from each other. So when you join that, we're able to help allow students to get on that and send you messages and ask for all of that. So we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us again. Well, thank and you for the opportunity.